Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettigan. <laughs> Have you swallowed your trail yogurt mix? chips yeah. yet? Okay. I like the, I love trail mix that has like chips, like yogurt or chocolate chips. I in don't, them. what is yogurt chips? What are they? They're like white chocolate chips. <laughs> I'm sure there's something else. I just get like upset about thinking about dehydrated yogurt. I'm not that upset about it. Like okay. I, I cherish. Well, Desi puts a lot of things in her mouth. <laughs> creamy white. Things. A lot of creamy yeah, white things. I like it. I'm so on she board. Doesn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so uh, we have a lot to talk about this okay. week. Um, I guess we should start by thanking our Patreon contributors from this past week. Thank you guys very very much. Um, let's see here. Okay, so we had Maggie, Valerie. Um, we had Giselle, and that's it. Oh, and Alicia. Thank you guys so thank much. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. So, um, Desi just asked me if I watched Versace this week. I did. Me too. I did like the episode this week. I did. I think it kind of answered a few of our questions that we had been talking about the week before, where it was like, yes. why is anyone into him or charmed by him at all. I was going to say that. Exactly. I mean, it definitely told us why. And part of my frustration with this series is like, I wish I knew this from the get go. (laughs) Right. Like I I was imagining as I was watching this episode, um, what it would have been like to know this information from an earlier episode from episode one or whatever. It would have, at least when I found him less charming, I felt like, I would have been like, oh, what happened to the charming guy I knew? Like, it would have given me some sort of foundation for where he was coming from. I think something that I find interesting in movies about psychotic people or people who um, go down into a downward spiral or become serial killers is watching the progression of their narcissism and watching the progression right. of, of their evilness. That's something that I find interesting, but here right. you did kind of had that taken away from you. Yeah. Cause it's going backwards. So, uh, but I did like this episode a lot in this episode. We see sort of, uh, Andrew, he's working at the pharmacy. He is embarrassed that he's working at the pharmacy. He has just gotten out of college or he's right. in college. It's in San Diego. Um, we already see sort of his lies that he's starting to tell. He's starting to tell right. them that he's something that he isn't. He's like, oh, my dad's a stockbroker, which we know right. isn't true. Um, and there was one scene in particular where I actually, um, this was so me, I audibly went, oh, my God. And it was when he threw the ice cream down on the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> With the haagen It wasn't Haagen-Dazs, though, and he was upset that it wasn't Haagen-Dazs. Right, right, right. Which I understand. I totally get that. I get being frustrated by the ice cream. I was still upset that he wasted it because I would have still... still find pleasure in thrifty or whatever. Thrifty ice cream's very good. I also liked the aspect of seeing where he kind of learned how to lie. Yes. And I felt like that was a big problem I had in the previous episode with the lobster dinner, where right. I feel like his lie was so over the top unsuccessful. It made me wonder if he had ever been successful charming people with a lie. Right. And in this episode, I feel like he kind of, lo- it showed him learning how to tell them what they wanted to yeah. hear. Yeah. And I liked that better as far as seeing the mind of a sociopath because right. a sociopath wants to be successful. Right. <laughs> so he was so unsuccessful in the lobster dinner scene. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We have some breaking news right now. Oh, my God. Thank you, Brendan just uh, came into the room with a big bag of chips. The exact ones we wanted. The exact ones we wanted. Thank you, baby. I honestly feel like I, I respect him more than the troops. <laughs> At this moment, he's done more for me. <laughs> In my life. In my life. He's done more I, for my freedom. I am standing for the national anthem for the bringing of these chips. We're not going to crunch them into the microphone. Everybody calm we down. We will take our mouths away, but we are very happy right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. What we were talking about? Sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. 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 Thank God we are not one of right. those. <laughs> Desi. Fuck the troops. We're, give me the chips. What were we right. talking what, about? Oh, yeah. Sociopaths. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um. So yes, I, I in the uh, in the episode Andrew Cunanan 
is with, we see him on his first date with David. And right. I actually, you could see, he was very you could charming. See why. There was something he also, said. Also, you could see more of David being a little bit more of an outcast and being led into this world right. that he wasn't a part of. And that made more yeah. sense to me, like why he would go along with Andrew when he didn't really like him. Right. And Andrew said something at the dinner table where all of them were, Desi's going to very slyly open this chip. We're going to have a chip break right now, and I'm going to edit this out. Okay. Okay, we're back. (laughs) So at dinner with David and with his friends, you could see the charming Andrew. You could see where he was charming. And something that he said, I wrote it down because I really liked it. I thought it was like, that would be something I would laugh at among friends. He said, I know how to work a greasy pole. (laughs) It was in reference to, what do you know about the oil industry? Because Andrew was saying how he was working for, as a consultant to an oil magnet, I guess. Right. No, I, I definitely got his charm more in this episode, yeah. and I never really had seen it before. Right. And and sort of how he, there was also this scene where Andrew and David, they're back in this hotel room, which Andrew has paid for by one of his, by his sugar daddy. Right. So, uh, <laughs> he's trying so hard to eat <laughs> and to not crunch into the microphone. Look, I try. <laughs> so there's this scene where, um, uh, David tells Andrew this really sweet kind of story that's just very personal to him right. about uh, how he was nice to the uh, ugly girl, I guess. I don't know. Oh, the right, uncool right, right. girl. Yeah, that's school. what I was talking about right. when I said you learned how he kind of used something he had heard from David for the right. other guy later on. And yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. very classic trait of sociopaths right. is they... They, they pick up on things. They pick up on things really well that humans do, sort of human behavior, right. and they're able to emulate it. Well, that's why I kind of wasn't buying that he hadn't picked up on those things in the previous episodes, because right. it's like, you don't get that far as a sociopath if you don't learn anything right. on how to manipulate. Right. So this was the first episode I feel like we really saw how he learned feeling right. moments right. and how to use them again later on. And we also got to see his more vulnerable side. There was a scene where he was in a uh, casting room, I guess oh God. you would speak. Okay. And, and yeah. I loved that scene. It was Me too. Really it was unco- amazing. Really uncomfortable. And uh, and uh, Darren Chris's acting was great in that scene. And he's talking to the, uh, I guess. Madam the, or whatever. Or agent, the, uh-huh. the female agent uh, who would sort of... Uh, assign these escorts male escorts to men and she was basically ragging on andrew and being like how can i sell you no one wants an asian guy right what else can what else what else are you and he's like well i'm italian on my you know mom's side and she's like i don't give a shit about your life story she's like you're an asian guy right no one wants an asian guy and just the look on his face on darren chris's face when she said that sort of said so much about how incomplete he felt even though he had a really big dick. <laughs> Even though he had a really big dick. That was an amazing scene because he I had never her. heard about his dick. And this, we haven't heard this about scene it. made a big case for it. Right. And I was like, I would like to see this dick. <laughs> I mean, I did think that. Like, come on. Right. We like, all give us something. If someone has rumored to have a big dick, we all want to see it. We all want to see it. For scientific Not that I care, purposes. but I want to know. <laughs> I agree. Um, the other amazing thing to me in this story, and I actually did some side research on it because I was like, this can't possibly be real, was the murder of his first older lover. Yeah. What was his name? Lincoln? Lincoln. Yeah. That's really true. Lincoln was murdered by a man he picked up in a bar, like very similar to what happened. The fabrication is that Andrew was there witnessing the aftermath of it. Right. But he really was murdered that way in a horrific kind of gay panic. Right. Whatever. We've talked about that before. The gay panic defense. On another episode. Um, Yeah, the gay panic defense, basically. Uh, So, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, this can't be true. And it it actually is true. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that scene was brutal. I mean, oh my God! When they showed the face all of a sudden, that, Jesus that Christ! Was, that ice flash, cream. that was yeah, ice cream. it was a horrifying. Not as loud as when he dropped the ice cream, but I screamed. <laughs> well, I mean, some things you can't recover. <laughs> I'm very hungry. I've been on a low carb diet. I know. So, I mean, ice cream has a fucking has some value, <laughs> and human life is second to that. 
<laughs> Rachel. Or me. Um, yeah, that was a horrifying scene, and it is true, but I don't think uh, Andrew was there witnessing it. Right. Um, but clearly, you know, but Aunt, yeah. Ryan Murphy and the writer of this show are trying to build some case that uh, his sort of self-loathing about being gay had right. a lot to do with his eventual murder Wh- spree. Which I have to... I have to, again, apologize to Ryan Murphy for doubting in any way this narrative. But the more we know now, the mm-hmm. more it does make sense to me, not to do with Andrew's sort of internalized homophobia within right. himself. Oh, yeah. Um, and his anger at uh, other gay men doing better than him and excelling. Right. Where he feels like he's not excelling or not fitting in in the world. I feel like... I never really had a problem with that aspect of it. My problem came with the AIDS storyline with Versace. Yeah. And sort of inadvertently maybe tying that to some of Andrew's rage. Only because when Andrew was eventually found, there was a lot of rumors and speculation that he was HIV positive And that's why he felt like on this, um, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to take out all these people with me. Right. So I feel like it's sort of inadvertently pumping up that idea that your life is worthless if you're HIV positive. And the fact that the Versace family has never confirmed that. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's more my issue than with Andrew's internalized homophobia, which I don't doubt for a second is accurate. I didn't doubt that he didn't have internalized homophobia um, and wanted to be seen as this sort of exceptional gay man in this homophobic world I understand that right I just wasn't I sort of doubted Ryan Murphy for okay I'm trying to understand I'm trying to follow where he thinks why he thinks this has to do my confusion is really like why is it told in reverse oh every like, week I, I mean that. I know that we've talked about this before but I would genuinely like to know what benefit they thought that that would have brought right like I would like to know like why they thought it would make it more powerful because I do feel like it would have been more powerful reverse reverse style like yeah. or in order like oh, I do feel yeah. like I would have felt more and I would have known where he was coming from more it would have been more compelling right and so see. I would love to hear why they thought and the reverse knows? would be more compelling because I'm sure they had a reason uh, they must because I don't I, even I don't even like criticize them for trying something I just want to know what their reasoning was I mean and maybe, how they feel about it maybe the last the final episode is going to be this crazy fucking revelation and we're going to realize right. and it's but is it worth sense. it in that way like right for, are you for you to it? be that in doubt the whole time and then have this revelation I don't know that it's worth the payoff because lots point. of people including our listeners have just fallen off watching the show and I don't blame them because I understand. I do feel like this episode was better. And someone uh, in our Facebook message or Facebook group that you should join, by the way, Hollywood Crime Scene Friends, uh, mentioned to me this podcast done by Vanity Fair with Richard Lawson. Uh, and I can't remember the woman's name. I'm sorry. And they recap the show every week. And I started listening to it. And according to them, next week's episode is like the best of the season. Wow. So I don't know what that means, wow. but maybe we should hang into it a little bit more yeah. if you are on the fence. They definitely like it more than I think we have the past few weeks, yeah. but I feel like they also have the luxury of seeing it all right. at once. Right. So they kind of know where it's going. And I wonder if that affects their opinion. Interesting. Well, but I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I did yeah. like, I did, I like did like this, this episode. episode. It definitely was coming back into something I could get into right. for sure. So, yeah, that's our recap for this Mm -hmm. week. Um, Tell us what you think. Yeah, tell us what you think of this episode. Love it. Or if you've fallen off completely and you're like, I fast-forwarded through all this. But now we're going to talk about our main story. And this is something I have been wanting to discuss on the show for a long time. I realize that a bajillion other podcasts, true crime podcasts, have covered this story. But we're going to give it our own little Hollywood crime scene spin. Of course. Because it is such a fascinating story. I feel like there is so much to talk about. There, Everyone has their opinion who knows this case about what they think. Uh, there's a million theories online about this case. And this is... Um, the story of the Cecil Hotel. And we're not just going to talk about Elisa Lamb, who is the most recent famous case famous case coming out of this hotel. I also wanted to... Hold on one sec. Just, just do it. Just eat it. <laughs> okay, 
Okay, I'm gonna eat one too, and then I'm gonna have to put these on the ground. This was like a, the best idea and the <laughs> worst idea. We'll eat them after. <laughs> we'll binge. We love you, baby. Okay. I wanted to talk about the history of the Cecil Hotel because as everyone on the show who's a fan knows, I'm really big into haunted spaces and ghost stories. And and although this isn't, and people have speculated this hotel is like possessed or has some kind of demon presence in it. I'm not going to talk about ghost sightings, but I do want to talk about the storied past of this hotel. So, The Cecil is located at 640 South Main Street in downtown L.A. It was built in 1924 by Hotelier, is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Hotelier William Banks Hanner. And the architect, Loy Lester Smith, designed the hotel in a neo-baroque style known as the Beaux Arts. This hotel at the time it was built cost a million dollars to construct, and it boasts a lavish marble lobby and 699 rooms. And wow. it's 15 stories high. So in the early days, this hotel was considered pretty swanky and cool. And yeah. it was a popular spot for tourists and locals. And it remained that way pretty much up until the 40s before the homeless population increased in the area and there became more nefarious activities. The hotel is also really close to skid row so it became sort of known as a hotel for transients or people who were really down on their luck right and it got a really bad reputation because of that it also seemed to become a popular destination for suicide the earliest known case of suicide was in 1931 wk norton was a 46 year old man from manhattan beach which is in los angeles and he was found dead in his room after consuming capsules filled with poison which is like a very early 30s way to go. Right. Um, I didn't specify what kind of poison. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in I na- didn't ask. <laughs> I, well, I didn't ask. It just said poison. In 1932, 25-year-old Benjamin Doddich shot himself to death in his hotel room. And in 1934, 53-year-old Sergeant Louis Borden slashed his throat with a razor in his hotel room. Damn. So suicides continued throughout the years and by the 50s and 60s the Cecil Hotel actually became known as the Suicide Hotel really yeah and it uh gained a reputation like I said just for being this sort of seedy place that oh you're staying there yeah what are you up to yeah you know um people were doing drugs there there was drug dealings happening um just not like a family-friendly overall right. establishment. In 1964, a retired telephone operator named Goldie Osgood, or Pigeon Goldie, that was her nickname, was Pigeon, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, strangled, and stabbed to death. The room was ransacked. Next to her body was her Dodger's hat and a paper bag of birdseed. Well, Dodger fan. <laughs> Sorry. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Uh, but she, her, uh, she liked to feed the birds. That's why she was called. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, she was like the old bird lady. Feed the birds toppings. Right. It was. It was that lady from Mary Poppins. Uh, in 1985, Richard M- Ramirez famously stayed oh, right. at the Cecil Hotel for fourteen dollars a night. Damn. Yeah, that's cheap. So Richard Ramirez was said to have returned to the hotel after a murder and that he would just dump his bloody clothes in the dumpster out back and then be walking around the hallways in his underwear. Right. But no one really blinked because they're like, of course there's like a strange man walking around in his underwear in this hotel. Right. Whatever. Who cares? Um, and by this point, the hotel was filled with junkies, drug dealers, and various sorts of people committing crimes. So yeah, no one was batting an eyelash at Richard Ramirez. But he wasn't the only serial killer who stayed in this hotel. In 1991, Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger was a resident at the hotel. And some believe that it was in homage to Richard Ramirez that he decided to stay at the Cecil. During his stay at the hotel, he murdered three women in Los Angeles. He didn't murder them in the hotel, but he did murder them while he was living there. The hotel sort of was like a long-term living place for people as well as just a hotel for tourists. Right. 
Now we're going to talk about the case, the most famous in recent memory. Pretty much, I would say this is the most famous Definitely. story from this hotel, even though it's been around since the 20s. This is about Elisa Lamb. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her first. So Elisa was born April 30th, 1991 in Vancouver, Canada, and she is the daughter of David and Yina Lam, uh, two people who immigrated to Canada from Hong Kong. Elisa was a student at the University of British Columbia. Now, Elisa was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression, and she was on medication for it. She had about four different types of meds that she was taking for her illness. And she actually kept a blog in which she sometimes wrote about her struggles. And I didn't know that there was blog information. And it's interesting researching this case because I learned so much more about Elisa than I had right. known before because I didn't ever really see anything written about her, the person. No, definitely not. It was just this sort of her, she was just this corpse. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but I read her blog. I read some of it. And she was a very smart girl. She wrote a lot about her struggles with depression. And this is an excerpt from April of 2012. She says, I spent about two days in bed hating myself. Why don't I simply do the things that I know will make me feel better? This isn't rocket science. It isn't that difficult. Get out of bed, eat see people, talk to people, exercise, write, read. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Because like for me, that one paragraph sort of is such a perfect description of depression. Right. And I, I've suffered from depression my whole life. So I'm like, yeah, like that is totally what it is. It's like, yeah, I logically I know all the things I need to do to feel right. better. You know, it's like when people who've never suffered from mental illness before are like, have you tried yoga? Right. Like or I, exercise that boosts your, right. it's da, like, da, da, well, how yeah. do I get out of bed in the first place? To yeah. even do that. So, uh, I really felt that. And, you know, she also detailed in, in her blogs, like her struggles to keep up with school because like, you know, sometimes when you suffer from mental illness, I know this is my own experience. It is really hard to, keep up with your day-to-day -day responsibilities to even just show up for something like that. So she was worried about not being able to get into grad school. And in this particular post that she wrote about her struggles with college, her words were juxtaposed with artsy images from the fashion magazine, Dazed and Confused, which I felt like was sort of like a perfect sort of... Um, blog post for like a 20 year old girl this person wasn't just her mental problems like right. she had stuff that she was into that she liked um she was really into literature she was really into art she liked to go to art museums she was into fashion uh you know she was like I don't want to say typical because that sort of makes her just sound like boring but she w wasn't you know didn't have these uncommon interests I feel like and she did have depth and and like a soul so Elisa's friends from college and high school described her as really friendly and very caring of others mm. yeah in January of 2013 Elisa left Vancouver to go on a trip to California for a, a reason just for a yeah. vacation uh-huh so I assume she didn't have classes uh, she maybe she was on winter break it was January I don't know I didn't go to college I don't know how those those breaks, breaks work, work yeah. you can tell me. In January, Elisa left Vancouver to go on a trip to California. She decided to go alone, which I feel like um, I, that's, I didn't do that when I was 21, go on I've like never, a, road, a trip alone I've never alone understood like people traveling alone, even though I'm pretty <laughs> whatever. Like, I, I like going with people. Like, I do too. To me, it's always kind of like, what? I mean, I do always see it as odd, even though I know people who Lots have people done do it. it. Yeah. But I would never be, that's, I, I, I would be afraid to do it not not because I'm afraid anything bad's gonna happen I don't to me, even know if afraid is the right word it's just something I enjoy doing with someone yeah like I don't know but yeah I, worry, I always when I hear it bored. I'm like really like you went by yourself well like, I did go to Vegas by myself once but that's different because I know Vegas like the back of my hand right I guess yeah I mean I do a lot of things on my own but traveling I don't think I've ever done alone I so. wouldn't I would feel weird going to a place I'd never been to before by right. myself 
Right. No, I, I mean, I don't even think it's a bad thing. I feel like I wish I would be able to do right. that, but I just don't. I, like I've gone somewhere alone if I'm visiting someone or right. know people there or right. something. Yeah. So that's just kind of how Elisa was, I guess. She just was didn't think anything of it. She decided to take an Amtrak down. She didn't even fly because she was going to do a whole tour oh. of California. Damn. So the first place she went, she went all the way down. She went down to San Diego. Okay. And she went to the San Diego Zoo. And there were pictures posted from the San Diego Zoo of her. On her blog? On her Facebook. Okay. So then her plans uh, was she was going to travel up to L.A. next. And she would stay there for a week or a few days. And then she would head up to Santa Cruz, which is in the Bay Area. It's like southern Bay Area. Right, just south of the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh So on January 26th, Elisa arrived in Los Angeles and checked into the Cecil Hotel. For the first... Th- it, sorry. Is that hotel still <laughs> shitty? Yes. Okay. So it's a cheap hotel. It's a cheap hotel. The, the hotel is actually... I'll tell you in a sec. So okay. for the first three days of Elisa's stay at, at the Cecil, she cohabitated with roommates. At in, the hotel? In one of their hostel-style rooms. Okay. So this hotel, they did have private rooms. They had long-term residency. So and, they're kind of known for hostel-style stuff. They're known for just any kind of budget yeah, tourist. Right. And they well, because I remember rooms. buying a book once about like budget USA traveling. So it might right. be like a place that's in one of those type right. of books. Right. So she was in one of the shared rooms. And I read that she was actually moved to a private room after three days, only three days of being there because her roommates complained of her odd behavior. Really? That was the quote. It said odd behavior. Hmm. So whatever that means... Her roommates didn't get along with her, so right. she gets moved to a private room. On January 31st, Elisa went to the last bookstore. Have you ever been to the last bookstore? I haven't, but I know of it. <laughs> it's like a very Instagram popular place. Right. Like you see it on people. I, it whenever, has really high books, like shelves, right? Like It's like books that are arranged in a very beautiful way. I've always wanted to go there. I did, I've wanted to go also. And I always just see people... Posting post text. about it on yeah. Instagram because yeah, it's definitely. like this very unique looking bookstore. So she went there and she purchased gifts for her friends and family back in Canada. Bookstore manager Katie Orphan recalls Elisa being friendly, outgoing, and sweet. And Katie is thought to be the last person to ever see Elisa Lamb alive. Hmm. Several days later, Elisa's parents grew worried. They hadn't heard from her since the 31st, and she had been calling them every single day since she left on her trip to California. So suddenly, it's been like three or four days. They haven't heard from Elisa. And this is January 31st. No, they haven't heard from her since the 31st. Since January 31st. Yes, since January 31st. It's now like February 4th. Okay, got it. And they haven't heard from her, and they had been hearing from her since she left Canada to go on this trip every single day she had called and to check in. So Elisa's parents called the police to report that their daughter was missing and they sent out a missing persons report on the 4th of February. Police searched the hotel, including Elisa's room, but nothing turned up. They searched all the other unoccupied hotel rooms. They searched uh, the roof with a search dog, they didn't find anything. And on February 6th, police issued a community alert and flyers went up in the neighborhood as the search for Elisa continued. So on February 14th, a hotel surveillance video was released by the LAPD. This video was from the elevator in the Cecil Hotel. This is a very famous right, video. And... I was trying to remember the timeline of my own events when this story broke. If I had seen the video first and then heard the rest of the story, I feel like I might have seen the video first. I feel like I have a vague memory of seeing the video, but not knowing what the story was. Do you know how you kind of just are watching something? Yeah, it did go viral. Uh, This video, uh, I watched the original one that was posted, so it didn't have some like dubstep remix over it. Yeah. People, (laughs) don't you hate that when you, I'm like, just want to find the original video. Right. I don't want to see your fucking parody I don't need the remix. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need it. So I watched the original video that was uploaded by the LAPD. It currently has over 21 million views. 
So, it, I mean, it reached a lot of people. Um, and sure, even way more now that this case is so famous. Beauty should be good for you. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a clean makeup and skincare brand that started in 2013, disrupting the beauty industry by shedding a light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations in the personal care products that we use daily. Today, Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high-performing products that are safer and cleaner than even their like-minded competitors. So what do we mean by clean? Over 1,800 questionable ingredients are never used in Beauty Counter's formulations. They call this their never list. You can learn more at beautycounter.com, where you're also going to want to check out their incredible products. Best of all, if you're a new customer and you order through March 15th, you'll get free shipping on your order of $100 or more when you use the code HOLLYWOOD. Once again, to get free shipping on your order of $100 or more, go to beautycounter.com and use the code HOLLYWOOD. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out of it is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. I know firsthand that there's nothing more frustrating than trying to pay something down and your payments are pretty much just paying off the interest. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. So free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood. So in it, Elisa enters the elevator and immediately crouches down by the buttons. Like she's panicking right away. The elevator door is open. Then she gets up and she moves to the back of the elevator facing the open door. She's like very rigid. She's very upright like kind of like afraid of something. She peers outside carefully and then suddenly she lunges for the door and sticks one leg out into the hallway and cranes her neck out to see. It's as if she's hiding from something. She quickly jumps back all the way into the elevator and stands in the corner by the buttons as if to stay out of view from whatever she sees in the hallway. Elisa then peers out into the hallway again. This time, she steps all the way out. For a moment, she's out of view of the camera, and the elevator door is still open. She steps back in, looking distressed. She then presses multiple buttons, and when she's done, she steps back out of the elevator again. Elisa then appears to be having a conversation with someone who isn't there. And at this point, you can really just see her side profile and her arms flailing and gesticulating. She's like having this heated conversation when you with say someone. Sh- someone who isn't there not on camera they're not on camera yeah. or they're not there at all <clears throat> right all we see is elisa at this point and she's turned to the side and she's wildly gesturing with her right. arms and her hands like she's having a heated discussion with somebody so then she steps out of view again and it's just 20 seconds of just this elevator like shot from the top corner of the elevator out into the hallway and the elevator door is open this whole time right even though no one's standing it's so frustrating i remember watching this and being like shut the door right (laughs) get out of there right because wouldn't you be like pressing the closed elevator doors like yeah so it's just 20 seconds passing this video and it's very eerie because nothing's happening 20 seconds is a long time it's a very long time i mean i'm getting chills just hearing this yeah i was watching this really late last night and I definitely was getting pretty spooked. So about 15 seconds later, um, oh, excuse me, 20 seconds go by. And then 
the elevator just slowly lurches close. And the elevator did lurch close. It was yeah. like a very like old school, yeah. Yeah. And about fifteen seconds later, it opens again. Oof. And you just Why? It was so, so creepy. Gross. But there's nothing there. And you're like, it just opened. Yeah. Nothing's there. Who's there? A few seconds pass. The elevator closes again. And that's the video. Yeah. So Around this time, guests of the hotel began complaining about issues with the water. Hmm. Issues including low water pressure. Sometimes the water would only come out as a drip or a trickle. Yeah. They were complaining about strange tastes in the water. (laughs) Guests were complaining about strange colors and odors. There was just overall water You have to think in a hotel like this, too. It probably takes a lot to complain. (laughs) It's not like you're staying at the Four Seasons. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And that is the story of Sabina and Michael Baugh, a couple who was visiting from the UK. They said that the shower was particularly awful. Like pressure-wise? No. Oh, God. They said that when they would turn it on, the water would come out black for a few seconds. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Right. I mean, that is just straight up out of a horror movie. I mean, black water? Yes. What level? (laughs) I mean, that is... They said that the water they drank from the faucet... (laughs) Why would you drink water after getting a black shower? (laughs) Look, I don't know. But they did. They were thirsty. Uh You know how when you're in a hotel... Those mini bars are expensive. They're fucking expensive. (laughs) And it's like that fucking bottle of Dasani, which you don't even like Dasani water, but it costs $8 Uh, and you just want to drink it. It's so rude. It's a nightmare. Uh, Yeah. So you're like, fuck, I guess I'll drink the faucet water. They said the faucet water, quote, tasted horrible. It had a very funny, sweet, disgusting taste. It was a very sweet. Strange, they said sweetly disgusting. <laughs> oh, taste. sweetly disgusting. I don't Jesus know what Christ. that means. I, just, I imagine. I mean, I know that overly sweet can be very disturbing and disgusting. Right. So they said it was sweetly disgusting, sweetly, comma, disgusting taste. It was a very strange taste. I can barely describe it. So this couple also said that they didn't think to complain because they literally just said we just thought that that's how the hotel was right we thought this is what we paid for we get what we paid for. right it's a cheap hotel whatever yeah. it has shitty water here old school pipes yeah <laughs> like it's whatever very, yeah. it's an old place but the hotel did receive several complaints. more than just them yes yeah. they received several complaints from guests so a maintenance worker eventually went up onto the roof to inspect the water tank When he lifted the 20-pound lid, there was Elisa's naked body floating face up in the tank. Floating next to Elisa in the tank were her clothes, as well as a watch and her hotel room key card. I mean, this is like a horror movie. Right. This is one of those cases where truth is stranger than fiction. Well, yeah, because why I wouldn't even know there was a water tank like on the roof in a in a modern times like doesn't that seem so old school like a water that's tank that's not why it's I feel like the floating corpse in the water tank is what <laughs> makes it a scary movie like I, I don't no I'm, but like why was she why would you even know regardless of what happened to her either she put herself in there or someone else did like I wouldn't even know to look up in a water tank well people <laughs> like, were complaining about the water no but why, That's why I'm talking about them, them, whoever put her there or her, her herself. Well, we're going to get to that. We're okay. not there yet. Okay. That's why I want to communicate Rachel. with you this episode. There's a lot of stuff. I worked very hard on it. Okay. So, um, floating next to her in the water tank were her clothes as well as a watch and her hotel room key card. Okay. It was an absolute mystery how Elisa managed to get onto the roof and into the water tank. Like you said, the Cecil was adamant, though, that guests were prohibited from entering the roof and that a key was needed to access it. And that even if they did try to break onto the roof, that an alarm would have been triggered. Right. So they were like, hey. I mean, that's very common to get on the roof, regardless of a water tank. Right. And some people have said in threads on the internet, oh, maybe the hotel's covering up. Maybe you could just right. access it. Or they didn't have 
the alarm hooked up or something was broken something and they like just that. never fixed it or whatever. So that's been one of the main, one of the big mysteries is how did she even get up there? Right. But she got up there. So the medical examiner ruled that Elisa had died from drowning and there was no trauma to her body and the toxicology report came back negative for drugs and alcohol except for the prescribed her medication for depression or whatever. Right. Her death was also ruled accidental, though numerous conspiracy theories on the internet have been swirling around for the okay. past five years. But how was it ruled accidental? Like, what is that based on? It's based on a lot of the reason it was ruled accidental is because they're taking her medical history. As the depression. As the depression and But why bipolar. aren't they ruling it suicide? Because she didn't have suicidal ideations in the okay. past, I guess. And also, yeah, they didn't rule. They didn't question, I don't think, if it was suicide. I guess I'm wondering how they can rule it accidental instead of whatever. We're not sure. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, accidental seems to me like I slipped and fell in the water tank. They're basically, they're, their whole idea is that in a manic fit she was having a case of mania that she accidentally dropped herself in there decided it was a good idea to go up onto the roof because she was in a state of mania right i could see going on the roof i could see but then lifting a 20 pound lid to a water tank right climbing up the little tiny ladder that's on it and going for a swim i mean like what like I don't know. And and that's like... I'm just surprised that they would rule it accidental because that seems like a decision right. as to what happened rather than an unsure. We don't right. know. And they didn't suspect foul play. Their reasoning was is because she was never seen with anybody. Right. Everyone that they interviewed in this also, case... Also, why was she naked? Well, I wondered that too. Why was she naked? Okay, so they didn't do a rape kit on her. And the reason they didn't do a rape kit on her, which I found was strange, was because she didn't have any alcohol in her system. So you're only raped if you're drinking? I guess that was like, and because she was never seen with anybody. Right. But why not just do it? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I hate to be thorough, but like. Right. I I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand. I don't even think that necessarily she's naked because she was raped, but that is suspicious to me that she is naked because it doesn't seem accidental at that point to me. Right. I was wondering that too. And that was something that was like, okay, did she take off? Did she strip off her clothes? To when go she... for a swim? Like it was a fun thing? Right. Also, did... how did she drown? That... Did she not know how to swim? Like... I don't know. And so I was wondering this. I'm like, why? Okay. So it seems like they're trying to assert that she was naked because she stripped off her clothes because she in was a manic... in a manic episode. Right. Okay. Right. That's what they're trying to assert here. Um, so I went on Reddit to do right. some research, you know, in the bowels of the conspiracy theory internet right. world. And this one guy has like seemingly dedicated his whole fucking life to this case because he had research up the wazoo. Okay, good for him. And I was very grateful for him. I'm sorry I can't give you a shout out right now. I've totally forgotten your name. Um, but he basically said or somebody on his, his thread, like there are entire message boards. Right. I mean, I don't dedicated doubt it. It's, to the, ca- just it's the type of case that warrants it. Everyone wants to be an amateur detective here on, on this case. So somebody in the comment section, or maybe it was the original poster, they said, it makes sense that she took her clothes off because if she fell in the water tank and she was dog paddling, like treading water, trying to stay afloat, you would take your clothes off because they're heavy. Like Natalie Wood. <laughs> yeah. Like, but but why was she in the water tank? I don't That's know. That's not something you accidentally fall into because you right. do have to lift this heavy thing. Right. And th- I want to talk about also, that. Also, were her clothes thrown off in the tank? Yes, they were in the tank. Uh-huh. They were thrown into the tank with her or they were in the tank with her. Found. So that theory could be possible that she was trying to take them off. Was there no ladder in the tank to get out of the tank? I don't know. Right. I, maybe okay. not. Um, and people say, oh, the lid, you know, it, it, it was, it's a hinged lid. So like she lifted it up. Went into know, the tank and threw her clothes off. And the lid came back down. I see. So. That seems insane to me. It's, yeah. I mean, I. I don't even doubt that she may have been suicidal, 
but I feel like that's not how you do it. <laughs> like, do you right. know what I mean? I, like, I don't know what to think about this. And I don't even, I didn't even think about suicide. I, because every news story you read about this case is that people just think, oh, well, because she was bipolar, she was prone to have a right, break it seems from almost, reality. It, to me, that's something that happens when you're with other people like an accidental death where you're like, let's do something stupid and go in this water tank and fuck around. Do you know what I mean? Like that doesn't seem like something you would do by yourself, no matter how manic you are. Right. I mean, I don't know. I I don't have, I don't have manic depression obviously. So I don't know, but I have been around people who have it. Yeah. Cause like, I really don't know much about bipolar disorder. Right. I only know my own experience with depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. You need to rewatch the video. I mean, let me know what you think when you watch the I'll video. I'll rewatch the video. I haven't seen it in a while. It's very eerie. It does feel like... You think that she lost it, basically. I think she lost it. And look, I've like come close to having break, breaks from reality before. It is very scary. You do. Right. You can lose like a lot of just everything. Right. Um, but I do... I mean... It is just so odd because you could really go either way I mean, on this case. I guess one of the things that sort of bolsters that viewpoint is that she was kicked out of that room. Right. Because being... to me, that seems like extreme. Like what kind of behavior? What was she I'm doing? I'm also irritated that we don't know more about what that behavior was. I'm very curious to know. I because don't... it's like, I, you'd think that those people would be readily available for interviews to say, well, she did this. She, I woke up and she had a knife in my face. Like there has to be more right. behavior specific behavior that they complained about right. rather than just like, oh, she's weird. The other piece of evidence that sort of indicated that this was a break from reality was that she, like I said before, she was on four different psych medications. Right. And you got to take those all at once. When you're on medications, I know from experience, you have to take them every day. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to take them every day. She had taken like three out of four of them, but she hadn't taken her antipsychotic. Okay. So that could have caused a chemical imbalance, but it did say that she hadn't taken her antipsychotic for just one day. So that I don't think that that reacts that strongly right away. It doesn't. What does her family think? Uh, Her family rightfully thinks that people should leave them alone. (laughs) And like, so they don't have an opinion on what happened to her. uh, I I didn't read the family's opinion. The only thing I about that, the only thing I read that the family said is they didn't. Um, I don't think that they liked that Ryan Murphy, again, Ryan Murphy, uh, did American Horror Story Hotel because allegedly it was based on the Cecil Hotel. Oh, well, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with her. Because no. as we've said before, like there was numerous stories related to that hotel. Right. And other hotels too, I would imagine. Like, Yeah, I mean, look. Because there's so many people going into a hotel, there's bound to be a million weird stories and incidents. And that was the other thing I looked up, like was the Cecil Hotel... Like, yeah, it was a seedy hotel, but was the criminal activity any more than any other seedy hotel? No, no, no. Because I did look up, I was like, what are the suicide stats in hotels? In general. They're probably way higher. Because people go to hotels to to kill themselves, probably, because they don't want to do it in their home where their family is or whatever reason. So, you know, and it's like so many people pass in and out. Of hotels, you're bound to have someone who commits a crime. I just think if her family did think it was something else, they'd probably be more vocal about it. Absolutely. So the fact that they aren't makes me think they buy the story that the cops have laid out. Right. Or the official version. I mean, they obviously, you know, they knew Elisa the best and they, you know, supported her through her uh, health problems and... Um, you know, got her on medication and were taking care of her. So maybe they know something about her struggle. Right, that we don't with know. With mental illness that we don't know and how that manifested. It is a weird way to go. It's very weird. I mean, even if it was a psychotic break, there's a lot of elements that have to fall into place it's very for you odd. to drown, right? It's very odd. And the other thing that I uh, found was odd is the 31st was actually the day she was supposed to check out. Okay. So that was supposed to be her last day there. What, where did she get from? I'm supposed to leave to go to Santa Cruz today to suddenly being in this elevator. Right. I don't know. I feel like 
there are witnesses that aren't going forward. <laughs> That's just my theory. Right. Desi, Desi thinks there's another plot here. I don't, necessarily, I don't necessarily know that that isn't the truth, but I feel like there are people who are not coming forward and telling what they know as far as seeing her or her behavior or right. her ex-roommates being more specific with what her behavior was. Like, I feel like there were, that sort of... I would love to know about that. And I was very skeptical when I first saw that report that she had roommates before and they thought her behavior was odd because I was like, did that really happen? Right. Are they after the fact saying, yeah, we, we thought her behavior was odd. Or did anyone say that anyway and somebody in that? I, I searched and I did find it on a couple different places that that had happened. Right. Um, but yeah, were they looking in hindsight? And saying, yeah, she did seem kind of weird or yeah. But they did ask to be moved. But could it have just been something else? Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's boring like i you know what i mean like there could be like oh she stinks like do you know what i mean like there could have been another reason well and the other and they reason, acted like it was weird behavior i have no idea well the other reason we're not hearing from them either probably is because they were tourists and they're out of the country now right so right that's true you know we don't have their statements i just feel like to ask for someone to be moved in a hostel situation it would have to be extreme it would have to be extreme i'm right. very because they're probably used to weird did. quirky odd behavior in those situations yeah which is honestly why i would never have stayed in a situation like that like oh i know i can't deal with I people can't. like i can't do it i just can't i'd rather spend extra money on my own room look i did three months of rehab living with 28 different women right i'm done it's for a the nightmare rest of my i life. can't even and then i lived and then i lived in halfway houses for a year after that i'm done i'm for me done. like Staying with someone even I like in a hotel just one night look, is if, the equivalent of camping. Like to me, it's like a nightmare. Look, like, when Desi and I go on our pasta tour of Italy in next year, which is why we need your Patreon money, <laughs> I'm sure after day two we're gonna be like, "Fuck you, bitch!" I just need a pri- I need privacy. Yeah, well, Do you know we'll what get I mean? our own like, room, right? But I'm just saying, like a normal person, I feel like as much as you like someone, you want your own space eventually it's even important. if it's like two hours a day you want to have your hotel you room space. to yourself I so i feel space. like you can't arrange it where you're like from four to six i need to be in the hotel room by myself like right i feel like that's possible would work for me yeah. but i need my own space yeah like definitely I so i don't know that. like i don't know what's going on like i could never stay in that situation with people i don't know to begin with so right. i don't know what would draw the what would cross the line for you right. as far as behavior but just to wrap up on the story, it is super tragic. Uh, I was very interested to read more about Elisa the person because that's not something I really knew about before right. researching this. I <clears throat> I really only sort of knew her as, oh, that creepy story. The case. The yeah. case. The creepy case. Cause, um, I mean, the water tower and the water. Well, that's I mean, what it's I'm just saying. Creepy, is yeah. it, it is like so out of a horror movie, the whole yeah. thing. It's so bizarre. It's so crazy and um this was like at a time in living in los angeles like in hollywood and like this area of la where a lot of really crazy eerie shit was happening or it just seemed that way right there was also this other crazy case which i definitely want to talk about at some point on the show um like the body parts that were found oh right in, in griffith runyon. park or runyon okay oh it was griffith yeah it was griffith so like that had happened just like the year prior and like I don't know it just felt like there was like a lot of crazy shit going down and there was like someone who was like there was like a mass shooting or a shooter on Vine and Hollywood around that time too I I just remember that specifically because I've lived I've lived in Hollywood for a very long time so like there were these three big things that happened I feel like the thing with this case regardless of what you think even if you feel like this is what I believe it's not a very satisfying conclusion. No. You don't know for sure right. what the right answer is. Right. And she left literally nothing no behind. No evidence. Like a suicide note or even like a statement to her family that right. she was in distress. She was going to have a really fun trip. She had That's the other thing. She had plans to go back up to Santa Cruz. She right. had plans. She bought gifts for her family and friends. Right. Like she didn't plan to go there to I die. I would say at the very least it does seem accidental. Yeah. Right? Like, it does seem yeah. accidental. It doesn't seem... Like I a don't, suicide. That's I don't not a way she, you commit suicide. I'm yeah. Sorry. I don't yeah. think she had uh, plans to commit suicide or that that was even what happened. I don't believe that at all. But I... It just... It's very sad. 
It's a very sad story, but it all, like you said, it is very frustrating because, you know, I want answers. There's, you want answers, but there's literally no there's answers no to come. And that's this part, is it. Yeah. And that's part of what makes this story so fascinating to so many people right. is because it's so mysterious. Also, this is like a rare instance where a death, um, I mean, obviously every death affects their loved ones and people around them, but this death actually affected people in the hotel, not connected to her at all, just yeah. because of the water. Like, <clears throat> oh my I mean, God. do you know what I mean? Like it actually affected people in a way that normally doesn't ever happen. I would just based on the water issue. Can like, you imagine if that was you who drank this water? And I mean, cause we've all drank questionable things and we know we're like, <laughs> and we're trying to convince ourselves like, it's not that bad or this, place, right. This place it's just isn't dirty, dirty, rusty pipes or whatever. whatever. Yeah. If I had found out after that, I was drinking dead body soup. I would have fucking been traumatized. I'm just shocked that that's how water works. Like, I know that might be naive of me, I've but like, turned on pipes before you can that have get come into out. a water tank to water that goes to people's drinking fountains. <laughs> Whatever is insane to me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's what's shocking to me. I mean, I mentioned it before. You're like, no, that's not what's shocking. It's the dead body. I'm like, no, but it's shocking to me that the water tank is just there that fuels the hotel. Well, that's why the roof was locked, supposedly. I guess. But like, I just didn't even know that the, that's how water works. I mean, is that really like white trash Florida? <laughs> Me, like, how does things work? I don't. You know what? You're asking the wrong girl. What are you thinking? Like, it's supposed to be I in the like basement? It was, yeah, I thought like it was an underground system. Well, maybe there's other water. I guess there's other ways to do do it but also the water pressure to me is even more disturbing because it's like that's something you can deal with in any situation so it's like after that experience you must be like every time the water pressure goes off and right. down you're like wait is there a you're like body? Who's, who's in the water tank <laughs> right yeah it's so crazy that um hotel did not shut down at all no they're like, we're open for business, bitches. Yeah. Come in. So they did not shut down. Don't let the construction or crime scene. <laughs> right. Like the people who are under construction are like, we're still open for business. Right. Just walk past the crime scene tape. So the Cecil Hotel did not shut down, but they did make all guests sign waivers about oh. the water. <laughs> they were like, we're cleaning our water system. And while we're cleaning it, they're, you know, if you get sick, it's not on us. Here's what okay. bottle. They provided bottled waters. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but like taking a shower, you know, you close your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go, ah, underneath the... <laughs> Don't have like an Irish Springs moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other thing that happened with the hotel, the hotel is rebranded since. Oh. They're now called The Stay on Main. <laughs> but we remember. We, we know. We know what your hotel is. It's almost you, like The Stand. <laughs> you can't just poltergeist. Right. We know where the bodies are buried. Like we know that this hotel is a Cecil Hotel. No right. amount of Wait, where is it downtown? Do you have the exact... It's Main Street. It's 640 South Main Street. Okay. So it's 6th and Main. Okay. I feel like we have to go. We have to go. And um, that is absolutely something I want to do on our television show. I will only get a bottled beer because I don't want to trust the ice. <laughs> we will go to the Cecil together, even though I'm deathly afraid of ghosts, but we will go together. Okay. Okay. Let's check it out. Or and, this day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And please give us money um, if you have any. If you don't, we still love you. We love all our listeners equally. I just want to put right. that out there. We actually have some new perks on Patreon. Yes, we yeah. do. We have perks for $1 listeners now, too. $1 patrons. I shouldn't say $1 listeners. Makes you guys sound cheap. Yeah. <laughs> We're cheap, so don't we worry about cheap. it. But yeah. We have perks, a new perk now available to patrons who contribute a dollar a month. Um, if you contribute more than that, you'll get this perk, too. This is once a month we are going to upload an episode of our old podcast that you will have available yeah. to you to listen to. I, a lot of people have been asking for us to upload this and we have been trying to figure out a way and this is just the best sort of most convenient economical way to do it. Right. So yeah, that's what it is. It's only a dollar a month. And our old podcast was all was very dirty and very inappropriate. And we interview a lot of comedians sort of well-known and, and not yeah. <laughs> from Some the LA area well-known than others. Yeah. So it's definitely worth checking out. And as always, we have, uh, I mentioned before our Facebook group where yeah. we talk about all the cases and other things. Uh, we also have social accounts on uh, Twitter and Instagram where yeah. we post photos and whatnot. 
Right. Um, what else? Oh, also review us. Yeah, that's really you, helpful. If you like our show, give us a five star review on iTunes. It helps us a lot. Uh, yeah, you can rate and review us and tell your friends. A lot of people have been saying on our Facebook group that they tell other friends, and that's so cute and cool. <laughs> Look, the, the Facebook it's great. Group comments and like posts that people make. Honestly, like I said this in the group, like I had such a rough week last week, and like that was one of the things that made me. Smile. It is so sweet. It was very. Like, it's it very does, nice. Even me, I'm very black hearted. Right. I get soft heart. I get soft hearted. Desi has it. her moments. I have my moments. And you know and I'm what like, I'm oh, that's sweet. feeling very sentimental about right now? What's that? Those potato chips that we're going to eat. I know. We're going to eat them as soon as this podcast is over. Oh, let's do uh, it. Okay. Bye. bye. I have a secret. I wore the wrong foundation for years. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews and 50 shades of flawless coverage, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. It's tough buying foundation online, but their Power Match quiz matched me perfectly. And with Try Before You Buy, you can try your shade free for 14 days. Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz.